Hello, my friend. Welcome to the middle of the week as we come together to encourage one another in our walk with the Lord and our telling the gospel to people. Right now, my Bible is sitting open to the book of Titus. We are in the study of this book, verse by verse, walking through trying to encourage one another with the Word of God, not just to know it in our heads, but practice it in our lives. We are hoping by our study of the book of Titus to build the team of leaders so that we can build local churches. If you can, reach over and get your own copy of God's Word out. The book is Titus. Turn there, please. I'll begin to read at verse 6 here in just one moment. I've got a gospel tract, and since the passage before us deals with godly men, I have got a good track for men in my hand. And by the way, just in case you are unfamiliar with that term tract, I'm referring to a short written presentation of God's plan of salvation. That's what a tract is. The word tract is spelled T-R-A-C-T. It's a tool to help us give the gospel to more people. I will say more about the track here in just a second, but let me just lead into the broadcast this way. As you are hearing the broadcast today, I've just returned from a missions conference, and along with me, and I was there representing Bible tracks in this ministry, there were two other missionaries. One works in Canada, one works in Cambodia. What was really exciting was that this small Baptist church was holding their very first missions conference, and I wish you could have been there to have seen the wide-eyed looks of the church folk as they were hearing just some of what God is doing around the world to save people from their sin and develop local churches. Now, here's what I want you to get today. The other two missionaries that were with me there are just normal, everyday, average intelligence guys just like me, yet they are being powerfully used of God. Why? It's because of their character and doing their work. These two guys walk with God. Their lives reflect Christ, and God is using them. And that's exactly the caliber of men Paul is telling Titus to look for here in Titus chapter 1. Get your Bible, get something on which to jot some notes, and let's study what ought to be the character of the pastors that lead local churches. I mentioned that gospel tract here a moment ago. This is a great tract for young people and for men. It's entitled, The Tragedy of a Wasted Life. The Tragedy of a Wasted Life. Now, this track is a personal testimony about a man who was a believer. He was called of God to serve God in the ministry of being a pastor, but he didn't follow through. And what God challenged his heart all the way through his life, and he leaves here a great challenge for us to obey Christ with our lives. But trust me, the gospel of Jesus Christ is clearly presented here. Here's a great track. If you've got a men's meeting, the tragedy of a wasted life would be a great tool for you. If you have a young people's group, perhaps it's a weekend you're going to be ministering to teenagers. Here's a great track, The Tragedy of a Wasted Life. Let's challenge young people, adults, whatever their age may be, let's challenge one another to use our lives, whatever time we've got left, to not be wasted 
for eternal benefit. Amen? Well, at the end of this program, my announcer is going to come back on. He's going to give to you three ways by which you can contact us. Do that. Give me your name. Give me your mailing address. I will send you free of charge a sample packet containing one each of all of our English gospel tracks. You'll get that soon in the mail. This one tragedy of a wasted life will be one of over 40 tracks in there. My brother, my sister, you're going to find tracks in there that will challenge you. They will sharpen your skills in telling the gospel. And as you read them and look at them, you're going to say, I know who I can give this track to. Have tracks be ready to serve the gospel by having tracks to give to lost people. Please do that. Be ready. If you can't wait till the end, just go to our website, which is Bible Tracks Inc. BibleTracksInc.org. If your Bible's open to the book of Titus, Titus chapter 1, he says in verse 5, For this cause I left thee in Crete that thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders or pastors. It says this in verse 7, For a bishop or elder or pastor must be blameless, the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate. Stop right there. We're given a real a real list here, aren't we? Believe it or not, I, I actually had planned to spend only two days covering verses six through nine, but here we are on day number four, and we probably won't get done today. I really hope my reason for slowing down here is twofold. Number one, I hope God is prompting me to do that. I really hope that's the key reason. But number two, I surely hope that local churches and church leaders will somehow be made stronger because of these studies. In verse 5, Titus was told to appoint elders or pastors. Then, and here in verses 6 through 9, he is told the attributes pastors need to have to be the stewards or the managers of local churches. We are in verse 8 right now, and my outline title word for verse 8 is the word friendly. Pastors need to be friendly men. Now, whether you call your local church leader a pastor, an elder, or bishop, I don't care his title, he needs to be a friendly man. There are four more traits here of a pastor that we need to look at here from verse 8. They are, he needs to be sober, just, holy, and temperate. Let's look at them one at a time. The word sober. Now, the issue here is not about his drinking habits. That was talked about back in verse 7. We dealt with that. This word sober here means sober-mindedness. Some other trans people have translated this word by using the words, he needs to be sensible. He needs to be prudent. It's a reference to his mind and his thought life. That's what it refers to, his mind and his thought life. Pastors need to take life seriously and take hold of whatever they have in their mind and take control of it about what they're thinking about. They need to apply Philippians 4, 8, whatsoever things are true, honest, and so on. Think on these things. Now, beloved, Mark Smith, the guy you're looking, listening to, has a big sense of humor. I laugh all the time. But Mark Smith better take his life, his work, his family, his thought life, everything about his life, he better take it seriously if I am going to be of uh, 
qualified man to do the work God's called me to do. The next trait is the word just. Pastors need to be men who are not striving simply to be fair, but to be just. They make decisions based upon what God says is upright, true, and equitable. Pastors live righteous or just. That's what the word just means is righteous. Pastors live righteous lives, which includes confessing their sins when guys like me fall short of our practical righteousness. We handle God's work. We handle God's people using righteous and just principles. This will not always make us popular, but it will make us godly and make us fit to be the leaders and stewards of local churches. The next character trait is the word holy. Pastors are set apart for God. Now, brother and sister, listen to me. Every believer is holy. We're declared that. We have the righteousness of Christ. But I'm talking now, and this passage is talking about practical daily holiness. Every believer is to be holy and set apart to God. We're all set apart to God if we know Christ is Savior. But pastors need to be human examples of what it means to be a life, live a life devoted to God. Now, some pastors may have to work a secular job along with pastoring, or they may be out playing golf or whatever other activity you want to think of. But we are to be doing all these things as unto the Lord. We are devoted to the testimony and to the glory of the Lord. There's one more word here in verse 8. Pastors must be temperate. Must be temperate. Now, most of you probably realize that this word temperate means self-controlled. This is by far not the only time this word shows up in the scriptures, and particularly in the New Testament. Now, pastors don't easily get angry. Pastors don't easily get angry. Their emotions are under control. Pastors don't become easily offended either. Their sense of personal identity and value are under the control of the truth of God's word. Pastors don't use crude language because their mouth and their mind are under the control of God and the indwelling spirit of God. Jesus was a man under control. I think we'd all agree with that. Jesus was under control during his earthly ministry. He controlled his daily schedule. He controlled his times when he was interacting with hypocritical religious people, as well as when he was interacting with tax collectors and sinners, with his disciples, whether they people were men or women. He was a man under control. Now, could Jesus get angry? Yes, he could. He could and he did, but even when chasing out the money changers, chasing them out of the temple, he was a man under control. By the way, let me just share a little bit of a personal testimony here in this whole regard. I find that my personal time to be strengthened in this whole issue of self-control, I find that time to be strengthened is when I'm fasting. Fasting times almost inevitably for me end up revealing to me weaknesses in my character and weaknesses in issues of self-control. Thy fasting time strengthened my resolve to become more like the list of things we find here, more like Jesus. 
Dear listener, whether you are a pastor or not, whether you're a church leader or not, whether you're a man or a woman or not, these traits in verse 8 are ones every believer should be striving to develop. Why? Because they're the traits of Christ's likeness. God saved us from our sin in the pit of hell. God saved us and adorned us with the righteousness of Christ that he predetermined that we would look like his son. Let's get involved in the process and let's let God develop these in our life. But you can't do that, beloved, unless first of all, you know Jesus Christ as your savior. You are a sinner, all of us are. You by your sin have earned the right to go to hell and be damned there and be in torment there forever and ever and ever. But there is only one remedy out of hell and the torment of hell, it's Jesus. Because he loved you enough to come, take your place on Calvary, die the death that you and I deserve. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample packet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 188, Bloomington, Illinois, 61702. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.